0: Hello and welcome to Buzz, a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. This is the show where we bring you the best stories from Columbus business owners. I am your host, Dan Swartout, and today we're thrilled to be talking with Karen and Charlie Morrison, the founders of MCR Medical Supplies, Karen, Charlie, thank you guys so much for being here today.
1: Hi. Well, thanks, thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. It is our pleasure. We're excited to learn a little bit about you guys and the business that you have built. Why don't why you tell us a little bit about MCR Medical Supplies?
1: MCR Medical Supply is a business that provides CPR and first aid training materials to instructors and institutions. So if you've ever taken a CPR class, uh-huh. all the materials used in that class are ones that are, are bought from us. So uh, we're, we're really happy to do that because it's something that Karen and I believe in, we understand, and we were CPR and first aid instructors long before we formed a business. So it just seemed like a, a great fit for us.
0: Now, in case anyone out there is wondering, you are a married couple. We yes. Are. And yeah. you, it's just not coincidental you have the no. same last name. <laughs> no. And part of the, how you met was through that shared passion for first aid and helping people.
1: That's true. Uh, correct. I was the director of the community emergency response team in Franklin County. And Karen was our training and education officer. Officer, and both of us were avid uh, volunteers for the Red Cross, so we we shared many things in common, and we worked together through the CERT program, and uh, it was a great fit.
2: We were in the same circles, uh-huh. but only met once we joined the CERT organization. So we knew a lot of the same people. Okay, but finally, when we uh, when I joined CERT, we met each other and,
1: and we had friends that each knew both of us right. but we didn't know each other so it was uh, my best friend at the time threatened to beat me up if I didn't ask Karen out <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so. Like,
2: we really uh, <laughs> relationship based on yes. physical violence I don't think that's no that's. <laughs> So Karen
0: Charlie, after after you guys got together, mm-hmm. um, where it's 2008, right? That's when we start MCR yes. medical supplies. you started it together. Yes. What caused you to in 2008, become entrepreneurs?
1: Uh, Karen's pointing at me. I guess this is my question. This is yours. uh, We uh, were to be married. We were engaged. Uh And we found that both of our incomes uh, had disappeared because of the recession. Sure. Uh, I worked for my family. My parents owned a business. I'd worked there my entire life. I ran their their operations. And uh, that income went away. And uh, Karen's income uh, was reduced and almost went away as well. And we, we were forced facing how to provide for our own medical care and pay our mortgage and do these other things while not having an income. I, I was still working for my parents' company for no pay right. to try to recover it. Uh, but no income, you just can't live like that. So it was uh, born from uh, a real need.
0: Necessity. a yeah, necessity. That is... Um that was a really tough time, two thousand and eight, for so a lot of
1: people. Yeah.
0: I imagine that a lot of businesses may have been started at that time for that very reason. Necessity, maybe you've got an idea germinating. Mm-hmm. And as things get tough, and as you said, we need an income just to meet our daily requirements. Here's this Correct. business idea that's been percolating. let's 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 do it. And
2: sure. We really turned Dan to what we knew we could do. Um, Charlie has expertise that I do not so it was really coming together and figuring out what do we know? What can we do?
1: What do we both know together where our, our skill set complements each other? Not just something that we can do and, and the first aid and CPR training supplies are something that she knows very well uh-huh. uh, She's just uh, she knows the community She knows the customer base and business operations Just how to the logistics of getting things done are, right. are my strengths uh, even though I, I taught first aid uh, Running a business about first aid and knowing the instructors and what they need. That's a different thing. That's where Karen fit in. So that was so a lot of it was born out of the complementary skill sets there.
0: So you guys, as you sat down to think about starting a business, uh-huh. did you yeah. assess the the strengths that you both brought to the table and, and that led you in this direction?
1: Absolutely that's that's exactly what we did and uh, we didn't set any really high goal uh-huh. we set our initial goal of one order a day that was that was our objective just we, we figured out what what it would be an average order size what kind of things would instructors want what we could charge uh, honest price and what we could get out of it and what would help meet our bills, at least until my parents' business could get back off the ground, because my intention was to go back and do that. That's all I'd done my entire this life. This was a
0: placeholder in exactly. your mind originally.
1: It was. It was, it was just a way to, to make ends meet for a limited amount of time until we could both get our regular careers back in, in gear.
0: So. Now, when you first started your business, you made some moves that some might consider mm. risky. Can you tell us about the evolution and the various stages of MCR Medical Supplies?
1: Sure. Karen, do you want to talk uh, a little bit here? Uh,
2: I can talk a little bit and say only, Dan, that we risked it all. Uh-huh. And since we had it all on the line, we were strongly motivated to be successful. Okay, So we took out mortgages on our house. Um, we... Pooled all of our available resources. Retirement. Retirement. And um,
1: so you guys were really all in. We were. And uh, one of the first things we did is when uh, most of the medical supplies are manufactured outside of the country. And so we. Uh, pulled our resources. We flew overseas. We interviewed uh, manufacturers. We visited uh, their, their manufacturing facilities, found ones that would produce things to our standard. And uh, we did all this before we even sold our first item. Really? Uh, yeah. So it was, we, if we did it, we wanted to do it correctly.
0: So a lot of businesses you hear about, they kind of take these incremental little steps and then it kind of, it kind of grows from there. You took one giant leap.
1: We did. We studied the market. Our first market was, uh, was eBay. Uh, so we our one order a day was going to come through eBay customers right. on average today. Uh-huh. And uh, so we identified products that we wanted to offer, what they were selling for, contacted the manufacturers, found out what we could get. The purchased the items for, we got samples flown in, and then we went and we flew to China to 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 interview them to uh, make sure that they were uh, a sufficient quality.
0: And this mm. is before you have even taken in any revenue at all. Correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it was, well, uh, we haven't taken any revenue in as a business, but understand Karen and I were members of the community emergency response team. Right. So we did have some experience bringing those in for our own use sure so it wasn't just shooting in in the dark it was we we did identify good things and we we figured we could turn it into a business rather than just personal use of these items
0: something you already had expertise in yes and you start out in 2008 you start out of a spare room in your house you start in a spare room in your house where are you at now
1: Karen, I don't want to <laughs> take her. Yeah, well, let's hear from you a little uh, bit, yeah. Karen, what? We, Tell them where we are. When people
2: yeah. say we little, literally started off in a spare bedroom, it was literally our spare bedroom. Uh huh. So we had our spare bedroom, our living room, our garage was that was all where our stock was, and now we are in a six thousand foot uh, warehouse wow. with soon to be nine ten employees. So. It,
1: And setting the the plans in place to expand into a new warehouse in about three years.
0: So there's going to be a further expansion. That's a long way from a spare bedroom. And it's Mm -hmm. happened in a fairly short period of time. Mm -hmm. When in the process did you kind of discover this is going to be as big as we thought it could be?
1: Well, Karen's pointing to me again. It, it was a couple years ago where, remember, we, we started the business to have supplemental income. Uh-huh. But at some point, at one point, it was exceeding the income of my position working for the family company. And we sat down and we made a decision. This company on the side either needs to be limited yeah. or eliminated or we need to turn it into a real business uh-huh. because it, it, we can't we couldn't do it anymore. We were working fourteen hour days. We were we were paying the bills obviously, but um, a decision needed to be made. What is our future? And we sat down and we decided we could make a real business of it. And at that point, and that was only a couple years ago, we are ten times that size, more than ten times that size now in a matter of three years. So when when you say explosive growth, we started in two thousand eight and it's two thousand fifteen now, right? Seven years, but only three of that. Where we actually treated this business as a serious, you know, having employees, where where we have people that can work for us, retire from working for us. We have four hundred one k programs. We have health insurance coverage for all of our full time employees. We set these goals three years ago before we had a single employee. If we're going to do this for real, what are we going to offer our people? Why are we going to do it? What's the purpose? Uh, we have to do it way that we'd have to make a company that would treat the employees how we want to be treated. Right. And so we did all this stuff while we're sitting in our bedroom, and we made this. <laughs> plan and honestly uh we uh, a lot of business changed for us a couple years ago when we started doing amazon uh our business which we were having trouble controlling suddenly exploded in a way that we were we were having difficulty managing it so why don't you
2: say well that's when we needed we know that we needed help to again, because this business was truly growing out of control, so that's when we turned to an organization that we were able to now scale our workforce. Uh-huh. Um, so we know that we needed individuals to do our repackaging, yep. some of our labeling, because again, you know, here we are, still two people. We hired a third one, and. Um, I think 2013.
0: What was that like? Because there's there's so many interesting things I'm hearing here that I want to kind of branch out to. But but one of the things I certainly want to hear about is what it is like when you hire that very first employee. That's got to be such a giant leap.
2: It was. And I tell, her name is Leslie. I tell Leslie every day, Leslie, I was so apprehensive about giving control over to what was essentially my baby. Right. Because we were literally working 14 hours a day, seven days a week, because, you know, it was just Charlie and I. And to give control to someone else, even though we knew her, and she's a great person, and I feel so silly about thinking that now, because she is, without a doubt, hands down, one of the best employees I've ever managed in my entire working career. Um, But again, it was that giving up control. But we realized you know, for us to have any kind of relationship as a married couple, <laughs> yeah. we needed that help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I lost focus of this man is my husband, rather, you know, my business sure, partner. Sure. So there, the work-life balance is something that I think any, you know, married couple who open a business struggle with. So mm-hmm. again, Leslie, thank God for her, giving control really allowed us to have reestablished that relationship.
1: And that point in a business is, is a challenge for anybody that started a business knows that that is such a crucial time in a business where a lot of businesses fail. Sure. Where they go from the owners, the founders, to where you expand into bringing on additional employees. There, There are, for every business that makes it past that point. There are 10 that don't. And, um, fortunately I had family to rely on. Karen had, uh, um, a good experience with working in the industry and we had somebody that stepped in and did a, did a great job for us. And we're eternally grateful that, that we, that our first employee was the employee that, that she is and was.
0: Well I want to definitely talk a little bit more about the work life balance cuz mm-hmm. I know that so many married couples go into business together and that's something they struggle with. So are there any kind of tips that you have as as you've got a successful marriage, you have a successful business, what tips do you have out there for for couples who are starting a business to maintain that balance?
2: Well, I think you need to look at your relationship as a whole. Uh-huh. If you're fighting every day without being in business together, that is only going to magnify with the stress of being in business together. So you need to first analyze your relationship as a whole right? and see, is this someone that I can work with you know, in a very stressed environment of starting a business?
0: In that spare bedroom. In
2: that spare bedroom. Exactly. And... I think a lot of business decisions, we have such complementary skill sets that I think that plays a large part into why we've been so successful. But our relationship as a couple, certainly our work life bleeds into our personal life and it's hard for us to say, okay, Tonight at dinner, we are going to have no discussion
1: about
0: work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and we're just going to talk about Game of Thrones but, tonight. There you yep, go. There. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Or, you know, gardening. Or So you have to make that division, uh-huh. which was, again, so hard for us in the beginning. But you have to make that division between work and home life. And also something that Charlie and I learned very early on is sometimes your husband, your business partner, wants to come to you in the capacity during the work day as your spouse as opposed to your business partner right so it's important that you communicate that whereas i as the director of hr for my company am thinking when he comes to me with a employee issue that i as hr need to handle that uh-huh. but he can come to me and say look i just want to discuss this with you you know on a, on a very personal level you don't need to do anything about it and kind of make that division It's very important.
0: So you kind of set those boundaries up, even sometimes at the start of a conversation. Absolutely. I am coming to you not Mm -hmm. as your partner. I'm coming to you as your partner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's really approaching a conversation. Uh, Me, as president, I may be dealing with a a vendor, and uh, I will come ask her, tell her what I'm feeling, uh, just uh, because sometimes... Normal couples go home at night and they talk about their independent separate work lives sure and that uh, tends to go away when you form a business together and for us it wasn't the first she karen glossed over the most important lesson for working together that is she's always right <laughs> so <clears throat> once once i discovered that
0: it's all gravy from there it
1: is and that's that's an important thing um and and that if you do disagree on a topic that you can disagree right without taking anything per, without taking it personally and sometimes that's hard but uh, but but it's important because there are things that she's very good at that i just think i'm good at and you know <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) And through conversation, that'll become apparent, but it's only through conversation.
0: I I imagine it's got to be even more difficult because in your role as an entrepreneur, you Mm -hmm. are Always on. You are 24 hours a day in charge of your business, so it's got to be even harder when you're together as a couple in the entrepreneurial role than even if you were just working at a company together. Because if it's eight o'clock, you might be off the clock if you're if you're an employee, mm-hmm. but when you're an entrepreneur, you're on the clock at 3 a.m. and it's got to be even harder in some senses to separate that.
1: Should I tell him what we did when we formed f- formed Please our did. warehouse? Yes. 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 Oh, oh boy. boy, we did something that uh, it was difficult. It was extremely difficult for me and it was difficult for Karen. But when we moved the company out of our house, uh-huh. we moved it out lock, stock, and barrel. There is not one CPR mask in our house that is not in an emergency kit for personal use. Really? But that's not, the, that's not the trick. The trick was we also removed every personal computer from our household. So we don't have the ability to to actually work from home. Really? Yes, we we have our tablets, so if there's an emergency that comes up, we can do a short response saying I'll address the situation as soon as I can when I get into the office, but we literally cannot work from home. And Now, we are building a house, Uh and when we get that new house we think we're ready to have personal computers again. (laughs) I like
0: how you phrase (laughs) that. I think we're ready. It's almost like it's 1982
1: again. We're ready for that computer. It was hard for me because I lived at my computer I I just love playing computer games searching the internet doing these things our business was built upon our experience with the internet and the the things we could do on eBay and how we could represent ourselves and create the listings and and work on websites and everything else we did and just to to make that split but it worked out so well for us
2: you you forgot the most important part about taking the weekends
1: off oh yeah you guys take the weekends off we, we do that was um, that was actually the charge we gave to Christy Bortolo when we uh, joined the chamber. She came and talked to us after we joined the chamber. Uh-huh. What can I do for you? And, and we said, we need to take our weekends off and we need to take a vacation. What can you do to help us do that? And,
0: and they were able to do that?
1: Oh, absolutely. It, it didn't happen immediately. But after we purchased the warehouse... And moved in, started operations January of last year. Karen and I have not worked a single Saturday and Sunday, except for the occasional email from the tablet. Right. But we've not gone into the office to ship any orders or do any of that work.
0: That has got to be outstanding for you guys. And, And the Columbus Chamber was one of the resources that made that happen. What did the Columbus Chamber do for you to make that happen? They're, they're looking at each other. They're both looking at the sky as if to say that, there's a, that there was something coming yes. from above that was like a bolt of lightning. Yeah.
1: Them. So she, Karen's looking at me to answer it. Uh, uh, Christy, uh, bless her. She was just fantastic when she met with us because she told us things that we didn't know that we needed. Right. Uh, and uh, we we came to her in, in the chamber and she's, well, you know, people want to join the chamber to generate sales and income. And we said, Christy we've got the sales, and uh-huh. we've got the potential for 10 times as many sales as we have now. Said, we don't need help getting sales, we need help managing them when we do get them. And she just gives us a strange look, and she says, well, I can do that.
0: Because you were talking about, you felt like at one point, sales in your business was getting a little out of control.
1: Exactly. It's, has always been out of control since the beginning. and And a lot of that is because Karen knows the market so well, and every time there's a need in the market, she senses it up front. And we we're releasing products a year before our closest competition. Wow. So just
2: again, different packaging coming from an instructor perspective. What do I need to teach a CPR class? Maybe I can't afford to go out to some of the bigger you know, companies that I have to buy 50, 100 of my training kits. I t- looked to Charlie and I said, well, why don't we package these in 10s? Uh-huh. And boom, my light bulb went
1: off. And that may seem like a small thing, but what we did was package them in tens and built the logistics of our company around being able to do it at a great price and still be profitable. huh. So those two together, this is again why Karen works very well with me, why we work well together, because she sees the need and I try to make it happen. And and we seem to be able to do that reasonably well. We're, we're real happy with our results. And the chamber, uh, Christy, took these things that we were saying and said, okay, I can help you do yeah. this. Uh, she made a connection with uh, another business here in town called ViaQuest, uh-huh. who employs uh, people with developmental disabilities and physical disabilities and uh, veterans. Uh-huh. And uh, they were able to do work for us offsite. She introduced us to Worley Law which is, oh my goodness, such a fantastic resource for us, Worley is, it's, uh, 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 the conversations are weekly because they're, they're part of our strategic growth. Uh-huh. We don't go to our attorneys to say, help me get out of this problem I'm in. We go to our attorneys and say, look, this is what I see a year down the road or two years down the road. How can you help me position myself to protect our intellectual property properly or to, uh, plan for the purchase of the warehouse properly Uh or how can you get me this tax exemption or those things and and they've been behind us the whole way and charlie
2: refers to them as spokes in our wheel Uh if you think of your business as an entire wheel and to have you know a strong inner structure it just makes everything roll so smoothly
0: so the chamber helped you put those spokes in place Oh, you guys are always the the, the center hub? of the wheel, mm-hmm. the yes. nucleus, yes. Mm-hmm. and then the spokes, the chamber helped you put them in place. Absolutely. Interesting.
1: It comes from our understanding our own strengths and weaknesses. And when we find a weakness, we don't try to uh, overcome it by brute force. Instead, we uh, reach out to people like Christy and she helps us find people in the community that are experts in that and come and can come help us. So instead of me overcoming a problem by spending 10 hours just beating at it, Uh I can reach out. I pay somebody else to take care of it, form a partnership so they can work with us. In those 10 hours, I can do the things that I'm good at. Karen can do the things that she's good at. And it's just so much better for our business and our growth.
0: As I've talked to certain entrepreneurs through this series, that's one of the things they talk about is an early trap is you know, you've got this vision for the business and as the business grows, you get pulled in so many different directions that you almost forget what your mission, your core your core goal
1: is. What you're good at.
0: Yeah. Outstanding. One of the things that I'm interested in, especially for a business like yours, you're not really marketing so much to the general public. Like I might not come to your business. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, You're marketing to specific groups, specific people with a specific need. How is that different? Marketing to a specific niche group as opposed to marketing to the public in general?
1: I don't know a lot about marketing to the public in general. I've only tried it for a couple of things in in my past experience. Uh-huh. Uh, the niche marketing is is kind of my. Uh, one of the things I am reasonably good at, we do our own marketing through uh, Google uh-huh. and Bing and the online stuff. Uh, we do the social media and the other the other events. Our conversion rate's really good on, on the advertising we do, mostly because we try to focus on how do our customers think, what are the searches they make when they go to the internet, how do they speak, what are the terms they use, right. and we try to leverage those. Uh, but I don't have a lot of other experience in mass marketing.
0: Well, you don't need it if this is what you—I mean, this is what you're good at, and you've developed what it is you need for this specific market. Because I think people are always interested in that. Like, how would you make a business like yours? You sell the preparedness kits, the CPR kits. I think a lot of people, if they saw that as a business, are like, "Where would I even start?"
1: Do you want to? A lot of it is trying to think like your customer base. We, right. We set, we actually would sit down on a Sunday afternoon and say, "How does our customer find us?" Well, how do we find us? Uh uh-huh. So we go to Google or go to Bing or go to to eBay or Amazon and we do certain searches. We. Uh, what type of products are they looking for what can we cross promote when they buy those products and so putting us into uh, behind the cu- looking th- at things through the customer's eyes is what we try to do and it's always a struggle doing that
2: but i think one thing we realized very early on is we need to differentiate ourselves from other companies right. that are 10 times our size mm-hmm. so one thing that we focused on very early was approaching the customer First of all, gratefully, thank you for coming to us. Certainly. To furnish your CPR and first aid training supplies. So we have a lot of gratitude, but also, knowledgeable staff we want people to know all of our staff is cpr and first aid trained we want our staff to know about what they're selling that's important so when you call or stop by our website you know you understand that you are buying from people who have taught classes who have taken the classes um so we really try to differentiate ourselves with our high level of customer service Again, we really are so incredibly thankful for each customer that comes to us because Charlie has worked very hard to find, retain that customer and hopefully, you know, they'll keep coming back time and again.
1: And people keep on trying to get you to adapt your business model to what they want.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so people will approach us to advertise in their publication, or they will approach us to advertise on their website, but it doesn't coincide with the formula we know that works, and it's a trap. It is a very serious trap that business owners fall into. And I, I've fallen into it before, uh-huh. made mistakes. You learn by your mistakes. You don't learn by your successes. Absolutely. So, so I've made plenty of mistakes, and we all have. But um, when you try to force or allow other people to dictate your business model, your profit model, I think that's another trap people face.
2: Just as one when- Mm. Quick summation of that, though, is along those same lines is that we listen to what the customers want. You know, so often we're resistant to, oh, we know what the customer wants and we'll just push a product out there. But that's not really what the customer wants. Right. So the feedback that we're getting from our you know, customers that we've had since inception, really, what are they looking for in their training classes? How is the culture changing? And we create and manufacture products to meet that need.
0: Now, I'm really enjoying um, I'm enjoying listening to you guys and learning from you guys for a number of reasons. Your business is very, very interesting to me. And you guys are fun watching. You guys, this is the radio, so they can't see how you guys are looking at each other to see who, who should answer. It's really fun. I can tell you guys have a super great relationship, both as business partners and as life partners. Um, and here you are in Columbus, Ohio, which is just a great city in my mind, and I'm sure in your minds as well. A lot of people People think that Columbus is a great place to start a business um, you know what kind of makes Columbus a great place for you guys to do business for other businesses to come and for entrepreneurial entrepreneurs like yourselves to f- to flourish
1: I think that there's a lot of support for our type of business here in Columbus we are centrally located in the country yes so by FedEx or UPS it's four days to the west coast and three days to the east coast right I can get product to my customer easily, and so that's 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 an important thing. Of course, you could move a little bit more west and do the same thing, but Columbus, yeah, I don't know that I can speak to what other cities have. I grew up here. I love uh-huh. it here. I've uh-huh. had I've had the opportunity to move other places, and I didn't like when I visit. I just like it here. Yeah, and uh, the support, I guess, Karen and the yeah.
2: talent pool of you know now that we're hiring, you know, the talent pool is just incredible in Columbus. And, again, Charlie said the support of the chamber. It's, again, the support system, the pool of talent, the transit times for freight. Incredible.
0: Now, uh, Karen, did you grow up here in Columbus as well?
2: I am a Youngstown girl.
0: Ah, what brought you to Columbus in the first place? Um,
2: Again, the opportunity. Um, My brother went to OSU, Uh so I would come down and visit him and just see the incredible growth of the city. Right. So this was about 20 years ago before, you know. I I think it's even exploded since then. So the explosive growth that I've seen, there's just always something to do. And so if we bring business partners to come and see us in Columbus, we can say, what do you feel like doing? And And
0: you can show them just about anything. Anything. MCR Medical Supplies. This has been a tremendous pleasure. I've got one last question for you. What does the MCR stand for?
1: Morrison Charles Ray. Is that Uh, your? That's, my name is Charles Ray Morrison. Uh And and every business needs a good acronym. Yes. And it sounds good. It does sound good. So it's Morrison Charles Ray. Uh, It's just MCR Medical Supply. And uh, it's uh, it's just the name we, we sat down and- um, It rolls off the tongue. It does. And when you form a business name, it seems like it's a simple decision, and it's not. It should be anything but a simple decision. So you have to look for domain name availability. Uh-huh. You have to see how, it is, how memorable it is, how it sounds when you say it, how it looks on paper. And you do all these things, and we sat down and had all these conversations before we chose the name. And uh, well, I guess that's all I can say on that.
2: So think very carefully before choosing your website name. Uh-huh. Very important.
0: Now, if we were to go out and find MCR medical supplies out on the internet and social media, how would we do that? Websites, Twitter, things like that?
1: Yes, we are every place you mentioned. We have our own website at mcrmedical.com, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we do we do a lot more posts on social media. We don't as a business, we don't have contact lists. We don't keep an email list. We don't believe in them because nobody wants more spam. So if you want if you want to know uh, and we decided and it's another thing where people have hounded us, you need to start doing email lists, email blasts and we say no. We are not going to be the people we hate. So if you want to know what kind of promotions we have going on or new products or specials or sales, then follow us on Facebook or Google Plus and, uh, and you'll find out about it there.
0: Karen and Charlie Morrison, the husband and wife visionaries behind MCR Medical Supplies. It has been such a pleasure to have you here with us on CBuzz, sharing your stories. Uh, Thank you. Um, I hope you guys have had a good time because this has been really fascinating for me. Thank you so much. Thank you. you. My name is Dan Swartout. Again, thank you so much for listening to CBuzz. It's a collaboration between the Columbus Chamber and CD1025. CBuzz is produced by Delara Casey. Engineering by Mark Pasternak from Jump Goat Media, and the recording studio provided right here at Groove U. Thank you to our partners, and thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time here on C Buzz.